You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you would like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. We have Mel come to share the word. It's going to be great. (laughs) Good morning. So I today have, my message is not called Big Faith, but that's a great statement. Um, My message is called Even If He Doesn't. All right, so I need you to be a bit brave today because I feel like some of what I'm going to share is going to need to dig deep for you and you're going to need to dig deep and you're going to need to let God into some places that you might not have let him into for a long time. And I want to start by reading a scripture And then I want to speak a word over you. In Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, and this is what I feel like Jesus in me is doing here today. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release of darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Would you just close your eyes for a minute? I just want to share a word that I felt that um, God wanted to speak to some of you. I believe God wants to begin to heal some of you of a spirit of despair. You have given up on dreams you once held. You have become tired, bitter, cynical, resigned to a life of pain, disappointment and heartache. You have been let down by people more times than you can count and the joy has been sucked out of your life and soul. Some of you feel numb even. The anger and resentment has faded into a weary acceptance of what is. There's a spirit of whatever will be, will be. I feel like there has been a spirit over some of your lives, like a blanket that has held you down, that has masked you, that has numbed you, that has made you cloaked with something that is stopping you from stepping into what God has for you. But God is a God not of the what is or the what will be will be. He is a God of the what can be. And he has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten you and he has not given up on you. Let the Spirit of God today, right now, even as I'm speaking, be your comfort, be your healer, be the carrier of your burdens and be the lifter of your head. Lord, I pray for, your, for my church family. Lord, I thank you for the blessing that they are. But Lord, I know that there, are, there is hurt and there is brokenness and there is disappointment and there are so many situations of where it feels like you have not come through. And Lord, I pray right now that we would be brave enough to open our hearts again, even to the places that we've held back from you for years, decades even. Lord, and I pray we would let you in so that you can begin to bring your freedom and your healing, that you would bring the oil of joy instead of the mourning, Lord, that you would bring a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, God. And I pray right now, even before I need to continue to speak, that Holy Spirit, you would begin to do your work. 
And I thank you so much that you are here with us. Amen. Okay, I'm just going to go now. <laughs> That's enough. No, look, Proverbs 13, 12. I'm sure that many of you can relate to this. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Now, hope can be an amazing and an incredible thing, right? It can bring joy. It can bring excitement for the future. Um, I know times that, that I've hoped in my life that it just brings this energy to me. And yet when that hope is deferred or cut off or finished, it makes you feel sick. It makes your heart sick. And I really believe that the world is full of sick hearts because of this hope deferred. Psalm 143 verse 4 to 6 says, So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. It just reminds me of that idea of the good old days. I remember the days of long ago. And do you ever find yourself, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are, but do you ever find yourself reminiscing the good old days? We talk about the youth, oh, their joy, their passion. I remember when I was young. I remember when I thought I could change the world. But then life started to go on. And I started to get a bit cynical and I started to, my hope of things it was not happening how I thought it would. And I began to get jaded. And this is my story too. And um, something just began to like dry up in me. And then you kind of get this attitude, oh, soon they'll find out the reality of life. They'll find out that life is hard. Oh, they'll get married. They're so young and in love. But oh, they'll find out that marriage is hard work. Careers are hard work. Oh, you just want to get step out of uni into your dream job? No, wait, you're going to have to do some hard work. Like, don't you hear yourself saying these things or even just thinking these things sometimes? Parenting is hard. Oh, you're so excited. You've just had a new baby. You just wait. Look, one of my favourite things, um, okay, and I'm completely being sarcastic right now, one of the things that I've really struggled with is those well-meaning lovely parents, and I forgive you and love you if you're one of them, that has said along my journey, oh, it just gets harder. I'm like, okay. Now, look, don't get me wrong, right now, it is so much harder than it was when they were little, but is that helpful? Is that helpful? <laughs> you know, and there's this, there's this attitude that can come on us that we just want to prepare people that, you know, it only gets harder. And, you know, I just wonder, what is it? What is it about our hope that's been deferred that makes us just want to dampen down everyone around us? Oh, too much hope. Too, settle down, you. Too much hope. Because trust me, no, 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 it's not going to work out like that. You know, what is that? John 11. Here is someone who has had their hope cut off. We go to the story of Mary and Martha, and they are at the tomb of their brother Lazarus. Now, I think we can gloss over this, but think about this. Their brother, I'm, I'm just getting emotional, so I've got two big brothers. Their brother has just died, and he's in a tomb, and Jesus rocks up. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. Hang on. Isn't Mary the one who sat at the feet of Jesus? Isn't she full of faith? Yet here she is, 
my brother wouldn't have died if he'd been here. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what came behind that, but there was obviously grief and pain. And there's two things I want to highlight about this. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was oh, annoyed at them. Come on. Like, get stop it. I'm about to do a miracle. Why are you crying? No. He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Jesus cried. Jesus grieved. Jesus knew what he was about to do. He knew that there was a miracle coming. He knew that this hope that was deferred for Mary, he knew that there was an end to that. But he did not cut her off. He did not chastise her. He did not say, no, 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 you, you have little faith. What are you doing? He was so grieved. And I just there's such beauty in that for me and for you. Because when you are grieving that your hope has been cut off, when you are finding it hard to have faith, Jesus is there with you and he's grieving with you and his spirit is troubled and his heart is broken with you. So don't be afraid to bring that to him. Don't be afraid to be honest. Don't be afraid to say, God, why weren't you there? Because he can take it and he can carry that with you and he can grieve with you. So not only did he weep, but he could carry Mary showing her frustration and anger. He was okay with that. He was okay with her. He could carry that. I want to go now to Daniel, the book of Daniel, and we're with um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or as VeggieTales calls it, Shakrach and Benny, much easier to say. And they answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. They've just, Nebuchadnezzar the king has said to them, you guys need to worship me or I'm going to chuck you in a burning furnace, fiery furnace, you're basically going to die. So they're facing death. And they said, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. What was it that these guys had that they were able to say, God will save us from this fire, but you know what? Even if he doesn't, even if we die, that is enough for us to say we will not serve your God. We will worship the one true God. You know, even Jesus, it says, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of God. Even Jesus had a joy set before him that carried him through the cross. So how do we rejoice How do we rejoice amidst disappointment? How do we praise God even if he doesn't? In Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18, which is on the screen, says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labour of the olive tree may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I mean, that today could read, though the, 
Though, my, though I've lost my job and I have no money, though I'm about to be kicked out of my house, though my child is sick all the time, though my husband or wife has just left me, um, though I'm waiting, eagerly desiring to be married or have children, though all those things are not happening, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. But how do we do that? And... And how did, how did these guys in Daniel do that? My question now is, what do you build your life on? Okay, so let's think about our hopes and dreams. We all have so many different hopes. We have hopes of healing. We have hopes of salvation for those around us. Um, we have hopes of a relationship. We have hopes of kids, hopes of a job, um, even just little hopes. There are so many hopes. And it, it took me back to that story of um, the, you know, that we often tell our kids about where do you build your house? Do you build it on the sand or do you build it on the rock? And you know, if you build it on the sand, we all know that when the storm comes, the sand washes away and the house falls down. So how do we build our house on the rock? And I thought about this idea of hopes and dreams. And I thought about my life and I was like, okay, well... If I built my life on some of my hopes and dreams, it's probably, in some ways, it's been okay. I've got an amazing husband. I've got three beautiful children. That's, that's, there's some hopes and dreams that are holding it up. And I think some of you, if, if you really looked at it, you're like, oh, I, for a while there I was building my life on these hopes and dreams that I had. But then that's where life comes in because, you know, for me I'm starting, there's some erosion going on around my kids and the hopes and dreams I had for my kids at the moment that like that's wearing away and like what's going to happen am I going to start to crumble and are you finding that areas of your life are starting to crumble and to fall away maybe it's where your hopes and dreams are placed have you built your life on the sand on your hopes and dreams and suddenly it's falling away or have you built your life on the rock on the rock that is Christ Philippians 4, verses 12 to 13. Paul had hope. I'm sure he had hope. I'm sure he believed for great things. Uh, you know, he, uh, he was in, in the time of Jesus and was seeing great miracles and great things happening. And yet he finds himself in situations where he's beaten He's bruised, he's persecuted, he's starving, he's in prison. Now, if you talk about someone who has a reason to lose their hope, this is the guy. He could have sat there and been like, what is going on? God, what are you doing? Oh, like I just have given everything, you know, I'm, my whole life has been serving you and here I am in prison. And yet he is able to say, that I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well fed, whether I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this who gives me strength. Now, I probably share this scripture like every time I talk now because I'm so passionate about it because I just think if we can grab a hold of this revelation of being able to find contentment and joy amidst what is going on in our worlds, what power that would have. 
So what is this secret of being content and how do we live with deferred hope? How do we live with this hope? Because there are always going to be things that we hope for that are either still off in the distance or sometimes that are cut off. How do we live in that space of contentment? How do we live knowing even if he doesn't, I will still praise you? And I think there's a key here. It's that we rely not on our strength, but we rely on the strength of God. Habakkuk 3.19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. What is your life built on? Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Don't allow yourself to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've gained is coming. Have you become weary or disheartened? Have you become tired Have you become numb? Have you just become what will be, will be? What will be, will be. And just begin to live in that place. You know, I don't think that God's sort of going, don't become weary and trying to come down and be hard on us and tell us off for being weary and tired because we all get weary and tired. But I think this is a beautiful encouragement to lift our eyes to lift our eyes again and to come to him and rest in his strength. I want to read Psalm 143 again. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Now some of you here today are thirsty You are so thirsty and you are so ready. And that is amazing. I once heard, I was listening to a podcast and they talked about um, when you become thirsty for God, he is already there with you. It's like the Holy Spirit is in that thirst. He's the one that drives that. And so that is great. That is an amazing place to be. If you're kind of sitting here going, actually, I don't really feel anything. I don't really care. But but you know that (laughs) that you want to step into what God has got for you then I want to believe that the Spirit will stir up that thirst in you today. Just allow yourself to get a bit discontent. Get a bit like, no, I'm not okay just to keep going like this. I want more. Let him stir up thirst in you. John 4, 13, 14, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now we're talking with some girls just yesterday at conference about um, one of them was just sharing her beautiful revelation of how she, you know, realised more and more as she was in she's in her teens that nothing in this world was satisfying her and nothing was good enough and you know we can try to grab and grasp at things to fill and we can try to grab at hopes and dreams and you know if we're so desperate for this that we go out of our own way to get it and we try to build our foundation on the things that we think will fill us but we know that that just keeps the waves keep coming and crashing and 
you know, sand, like you can build some amazing sandcastles and they seem great for a while, but sure enough, a wave will come and it'll start to just pull away at it and then we can try to build it up again. It's like seeing the kids and they sit right where the waves are lapping. And we were just doing it recently on holidays and they kept like doing these sandcastles and then, you know, the next wave would come. Then they'd go again. We're like, what are you doing? Like, move back. Just keeps getting washed away. But I think we do that in life sometimes. We're like, no, 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 okay, it's good. Oh, it's just got washed away again, God. Why? But maybe, maybe it's because we're building on the sand. We're building on hopes and dreams and things that we are trying to get happening when God's like, no, place your faith on the rock because then when the storms come, that won't be washed away. I wrote put on praise (laughs) because, you know, read this scripture again. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me and this is for you because the Lord has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. Now, I'm so passionate about seeing all of us as a church family free, free from this spirit of despair. And it's not just for us. But it's for our family and for our friends because this call and this anointing is on each one of you. But while you are bound under that spirit of despair that I spoke about right at the start, while you are under that blanket and that weight, it blocks you from being able to move in what the spirit has for you. And so I really want to um, encourage you and believe for you that you would be able to today Not even that you would, that the Holy Spirit would put praise on you, that he would take away that spirit of despair and that he would put praise on you so that you are able to praise him. The Lord is a kind and compassionate father. He will comfort all who mourn. He will provide for those who grieve and he will bring joy instead of mourning and bring a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Now, here are some scriptures that are our foundation. Here is what we can hold on to and build our lives on. 1 Peter 3 verse 6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So he's guarding it, he's protecting it. It can't be worn away, it can't be eroded by the things of this life, this hope. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. 
For this light momentary affliction, and trust me, I know it doesn't always feel light and it doesn't always feel momentary, but God says in contrast, it is a light momentary affliction because it's a preparing us for an eternal weight of glory that is beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are unseen, oh, sorry, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, they will be washed away, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The Bible tells us there is a final hope the return of Jesus Christ to set up his kingdom here on earth. And if you, unless you build your faith on that hope, it's going to get washed away. It's going to get rocked. It's not going to be able to survive this world. This world is a difficult place and it's okay to grieve. It's okay to mourn. But we need to place our hope on the rock on our salvation, on the future of Jesus Christ bringing his kingdom come and his will be done on this earth. So hope in Christ. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I'm going to get the band to come. We're going to sing a song and then after that we will have some time for prayer and ministry. But I know this, I feel like it's been really heavy, but there is, I'm just praying for a joy to begin to fill your heart. Like just a joy that just bubbles up out of you, that you're like, I can't contain this. Like, I don't understand this. Like, I'm in the middle of this situation, and yet I pray Right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would move in power right now in people's lives. Lord, as we just let you into those places that have been hurt and broken, as we just begin to hand over that hope that feels like it's never going to be fulfilled, never has been, the disappointment, the cynicism, the frustration. Lord, we hand it over to you. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take that spirit of despair right now in Jesus' name and that you would be Bestow on us your garment of praise, Lord. I pray even now as we stand, why don't you stand with us? I'm going to get the band to start playing. Even as we stand and even as we sing and begin to declare your praise and take that step of faith, God, I pray that out of our praise, that you would begin to free people and that a joy would come that they have not experienced in years or decades, God. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for the final hope that we have in you, Lord. You are amazing and we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses. 